Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. You just enjoyed your most comfortable and energetic trimester, and now you're in the final countdown to meet your baby. As your prenatal appointment frequency increases and your baby's doing a lot of fine-tuning developmentally, you'll be feeling some changes as well. I'm Karen Ruby-Brown, Certified Nurse Midwife, and today we're discussing what to expect during your third trimester. This is Preggy Pals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? <laughs> Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center in San Diego. Preggy Pals is your online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Stephanie Glover. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, available on the Android, iTunes, and Windows Marketplace. Sunny, our producer, is now going to give us some information about our virtual panelist program. Yes, hello everybody. So, if you are not located here in San Diego where we record, you can still participate in our shows. We would love for you to like our Facebook page for Preggy Pals. Also, follow us on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, please use the hashtag PreggyPalsVP. That VP stands for virtual panelist. And I will be tweeting out um, some of the things we're talking about here in the studio. Gives you a great opportunity to join in on the conversation you can ask our expert questions live if you happen to be following along and we just want to share this experience with you so be sure to check us out and if you want more information about our virtual panelist program you can visit our website at newmommymedia.com great thank you sunny so we're going to go around the table here and introduce our panelists or rather have the panelists introduce themselves um so i'm going to go ahead and start with sunny yeah, I'll go ahead. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> but um, I will say that I have four children. Uh, my oldest is four. <laughs> so I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old. Both of those are boys. And then I have identical twin girls, Ainsley and Addison. And those are my girls. And they are 10 months old now. So, yeah. Hi, my name is Willow Buckley. And I'm 35. Yeah, I turned 36 next week. Sorry. Um, I'm a labor doula and homeopathic practitioner. And I have two babies not pregnant at the moment. <laughs> one is one, and the other one is three years old. Older boy, younger girl. Hi, my name is Michelle Ashley. I am 34. I am an insurance agent. I am due on December 31st with my second son. And my oldest is about a year and a half. They'll be 20 months apart. Great. So you could have a New Year's baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and make the news. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. 
When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, so before we get started with today's show, we are going to review an app. And this is actually focused on breastfeeding, but I know um, all of the mamas here in the studio have had babies before, so we are familiar with breastfeeding. This is actually called Mommy Log, and it's an app for the iPhone and iPad. And this is an app for either moms that exclusively pump or at least have pumping, you know, somehow in their routine. It is a free app, which is one of the things I love about it (laughs) because we have enough things to pay for as new moms. Um, And this is a really simple way to basically keep track of how much you pumped and when you pumped. And if there are any notes that you want to include along with your pumping schedule or, um, you know, anything that, you know, happened that may be unusual or anything you want to take note of. Um, But it's a very simple app to operate. You can export all the information if it's something that you want to keep track of personally or if you want to send it to your lactation consultant. And one of the things we just found on here that I really like um, is the idea of a timer. And at first I was like, oh, you know, I don't like to look at a clock when I'm breastfeeding. I just kind of like to, you know, go with it. But for pumping, especially for those of you who are on a limited pump schedule, like you're at work, and you need to be you know you just have a 15 minute break or something like that Um, it does have a section that um, you can record and it actually gives you a countdown of how much time you have left so anyways I wanted to kind of throw this out there to our panelists and to Stephanie to see what you guys um, thought of this app if you had a a chance to test it and if not um, just speaking from experience and pumping prior um, is this something you think you would use so Stephanie what do you think Um, yeah actually we yeah we were talking about how to use the timer and I I do agree with you now I think that it is a good option if you are on a limited time and fitting it into a break um I was not a working mom so I did not have to pump often but I did take a class recently where I was pumping and I I did have to run into another room for I only had 10 minutes at a time so I could have definitely used this app to help with that yeah totally how about you guys well, I think if I was pumping exclusively, I would probably use it more frequently. Mm-hmm. But the app itself is really simple and straightforward, which I like. Um, but again, with pumping, I was—I never got a lot out pumping with my first. So it actually was harder to track it because then I would be like, you'd be sad. I'd be that- sad. <laughs> and just like all that time, hardly anything. So um, I think if I were in a situation I had to pump exclusively, then I would definitely want to use something like it. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're exclusively pumping, you're definitely going to have more of a use for it than those of us who are lucky enough to be at home more and not have to be on that rigid schedule of pumping. But I like the notes section because I notice when I do have to prep for a trip or something where I'm going to have to kind of like rack up a ton of milk, I like to know when I fed them last when, when I pumped. So I know oh my gosh, I got eight ounces just now, but that's also because I was gone for 10 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, yeah. or how did I get that much it, Like to prep? Like, oh, I know, I could probably get two ounces, maybe four. And 
that that sounds like a very useful tool for those that aren't pumping off as often. Yeah, absolutely. And as a midwife, Karen, do you have any, would you recommend this to another mom? Or I had my kids during the days of pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? And I, and I actually still have notes that I wrote. Um, and yeah. they're kind of keepsakes now. So yeah. the first thing that occurred to me is that you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't anymore. have that keepsake, but that's not what it's about. So. <laughs> I guess that's okay. Um, you know, for moms who are working, I think it could be really useful. Um, and uh, if 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 babies are in uh, the NICU, oh yeah, to be able for to sure. Track. So so for new moms who are just getting all this going, um, who don't have their babies attached to them, mm-hmm. um, it could be really helpful. I absolutely see the value. I like the fact that it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles because mm-hmm. I think it's more simple. Less yeah. is more. Yeah, exactly. Except when it comes to milk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Usually more is more. And there yeah. is a reason to cry over spilt milk yes. in that case, oh. too. <laughs> Liquid gold. <laughs> Liquid gold. So again, this is called Mommy Log. It is a free app for iPhone and iPad. And it sounds like we're all giving it a thumbs up. Yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. Thumbs up. All right. Thumbs up. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So today on Preggy Pals, we're continuing our series on fetal development, moving on to the third trimester. Joining us today as our expert panelist is Karen Ruby-Brown, a certified nurse midwife with extensive experience in a variety of birth settings, including hospital, birth center, and home. She received her midwifery training and master's of science in nursing from Yale University in 2002, has been with UCSD Midwifery Service since 2003, and most recently opened a solo practice called Airy Midwifery, offering home and birth center deliveries. Thank you so much for joining us, Karen. Thank you. Good to be here. Great. So when we're talking about the third trimester, what weeks uh, of pregnancy correlate to the third trimester? So the third trimester is the last third of pregnancy and it's about 28 weeks to the time you deliver which could be you'll, you I know you asked that question yeah. next <laughs> I'll let you ask that of question of course well yeah so um I read that recently ACOG which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology recently changed uh the definition of term from 37 weeks to 39 weeks so um you know how well, actually, I just answered that. But how? what would you find the range um, that's most common for full term um, in your practice? Like, what's the most common delivery week, I guess I would say? Or- yeah. most, most people are going to have their babies a week or two before or a week or two after their due dates. The due date is really just kind of our, our best guesstimation based on all the information we have, last period, any early ultrasounds, that sort of thing. And but, why did they change it? Do you know from 37 to 39 weeks? Uh, a lot of you may have heard about the latest efforts to prevent early inductions um, to, to 39 weeks. So we're wanting to wait to 39 weeks now because we know that babies just do better. The longer they simmer inside, the better they do on the outside. So 39 weeks is what we consider the earliest appropriate time for what we call elective inductions, so inductions for no clinical reason. Honestly, you're probably better waiting until 40 or 41 weeks. 39 is the early 
um, kind of that early border. Okay. Okay. That said, babies who are born at 37 weeks are considered technically full term, but they're early term. Early term. Okay. Yeah, because I um I think I read somewhere too that it'll help with kind of the misdated due date too. If you kind of wait longer for induction, then you have less of a chance of premature absolutely correct absolutely okay and um so when we're talking about the baby's development when do babies lungs mature so lung development actually takes place from early early pregnancy and continues to the a couple years of life so it's this whole continuum and it can be broken down into bits and pieces into specific phases basically what happens is starting at about the 26th week of pregnancy the lungs start to manufacture a chemical called surfactant and surfactant allows for the exchange of gases and that's what the lungs do right they they exchange gases and that process of producing surfactant continues 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 uh, like I said, through year one, year two, year three, but the critical, the critical kind of transition happens at around 34 weeks, and so sometime after 34 weeks, most babies have enough surfactant that babies are going to do all right if they're born a little early. Even getting to 36 or 37, uh, 36, 35 weeks, kind of those early, the late preterm babies we call them now, um, can have a little bit of difficulty transitioning. Okay. So 34 weeks is kind of this magic line in the sand that is kind of, I, I suppose it's arguably arbitrary, but but it, we have to choose these lines in the sand somewhere, right? And we find that most babies after 34 weeks can breathe okay on their own. Uh, some can't, most can. And before 34 weeks, they have a higher risk of not being able to breathe on their own. So and requiring being like on oxygen. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, various interventions okay. to help them oxygenate. Um, this goes into all the reasons why if someone has preterm labor, they might get some uh, corticosteroid injections to help the baby's lung mature. So this goes into a whole branch of uh, kind of perinatal science but that's what's happening in the third trimester and it's critical of course because that's the main transition that happens when the baby is born they gotta breathe i feel like it goes hand in hand sometimes when we're talking about term is whether or not the baby's lungs are mature enough for the outside exactly right and i wanted to ask our panelists um what week gestation were your kiddos born um my son was 38 weeks okay so he was just under 10 days um or just under two weeks and so i was very lucky my maternal side is we're like faster cookers so i was prepared to go to 43 weeks because i know that's just what happens mm-hmm. um i didn't have to he was ready <laughs> and then my daughter was five days before her due date and i was annoyed <laughs> because i had to wait longer than my son right. <laughs> um but with clients and everything else, I noticed that there's um, such a, 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 I'm so over pregnancy, and it becomes such a personal thing, instead of looking back at really, what's the baby doing? So I think this um, panel right here and this information you're offering could really help those who are so like itching, that senioritis, I call it pregnancy-titis, yeah, the, right? The, they, the they're just stretch done, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. They're, they're so impatient, but they're, that's such a personal thing, and to take them back out of the self, and go back to really what is developing still and what there's a reason why baby's not ready generally so yeah I think um my first was 35 weeks four days I'm sorry 39 weeks four days and then my second was 38 six mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. kind of on opposite yeah, yeah <laughs> a little bit earlier but um but yeah it's always interesting to see the the broad range yeah 
Um, so Karen, how do the ba- how does the baby's appearance change in the third trimester? You know, for thinking about you know, do they have hair? Are they still scrawny? You know, what what are they looking like? Um, yeah, there's a ton of changes that happen. Um, they're they're finessing their appearance in a lot of ways. Um, they have hair called lanugo, which is that soft, downy, fuzzy uh, hair that that you can see, especially on darker skin babies, like on their ears and their right. shoulders. <laughs> they're, just, they're so cute, <laughs> and um, that tends to appear. Um, when does that appear? It goes through different phases also. Uh, Lanugo has a history to it, but it in the third trimester, early third trimester, after 28 weeks, you're going to see it developing, and it'll get thicker. And then it'll start kind of falling off towards the end of pregnancy. So the older uh, a baby is in gestational age at birth, the less hairy and fuzzy they're going to be. Okay. Go Hand in hand with the Lanugo is the vernix, which is that cheesy, that white cheesy substance. I, I describe it like the top of full-fat yogurt. Yes. That that's a great description Definitely. <laughs> and what is the purpose of vernix the vernix is really fascinating it has a lot of different purposes uh, it's an emollient so it kind of protects the baby's skin as the baby's kind of uh, steeping in a water bath for all that time so uh, so it's a very emollient uh, skin barrier it's a biofilm basically it has microbi- um, microbi- uh, bleh, micro microbial please edit this out microbial <laughs> Uh, properties as well. Uh, it's a very uh, complicated, complex, cool substance that for a long time used to be just wiped off at birth. Although back in the day before gloves, nurses used to rub it into their hands as hand lotion because it's the best. I mean, we should bottle this stuff, really. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because when I had my second, um, she was you know good and cheesy and my husband was holding her and my doula was like, rub it in. Don't you think about? And so my husband's like, yes, you know, taking direction. He was just rubbing it right in. She's like, that's good stuff. You can't get that anywhere. No, else. no, you can't. You There's can't. no beauty supply store for that. Right. They've actually tried to make synthetic versions, huh. and they'll have. Oh, it's bet. like making formula for breast milk. Right. It's going to have some of the properties, but it's not going to have all of the properties. The magic. Yeah. It's not going to have the magic. <laughs> it's exactly right. It also helps the skin transition to extra uterine life. So if the baby's not bathed for the first week, it's going to help that baby transition. Uh, we think it also affects the microbiome. So there's a lot of good stuff to Vernix. Are babies' movements as jerky as they were in the second trimester, in the third trimester? In the third trimester, the babies kind of run out of space. They get a little straight-jacketed. So rather than feeling karate kicks and punches, you're going to feel more wiggles and jiggles. Okay. And weight-wise, where does the baby start out in the third trimester, and how much do they typically weigh at the end? At the beginning of the third trimester, they're about three pounds, two and a half, three pounds. By the end, they can be anywhere from six to nine pounds or more. Or more they right? pack on about half a pa- uh, pa- They pack on about half a pound of fat a week. Oh wow! Yeah, great. And um, when do when does the baby respond to outside sounds or light? Oh gosh, uh, early. Oh okay. Yes. So um, they before have, the third trimester. Before well. Yeah, if okay. there's a door slam, you can feel the baby startle. So that those reflexes are in play in the uterus. Okay. When we come back, we'll discuss more fetal changes in the third trimester. We'll be right back. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome back. Today we're discussing fetal development in the third trimester. Certified nurse midwife Karen Ruby Brown is our expert. Okay, so when does baby typically assume his favorite position in utero? You know, some babies assume a position really early on. They're little creatures of habit. They find their little corner and they just tuck themselves in and they'll be tw- they'll be head down from, you know, 20 weeks or whatever. Other babies are a little slower to follow the instructions of the universe, <laughs> which are, yes, to, to commit, exactly. Um, clinically, we start paying attention fairly early at 30 weeks is when we really start kind of documenting, okay, okay, the baby's head down, the baby's not head down, the baby's sideways, the baby's this way, that way. Um, because remember, in the third trimester, baby's going to be packing on fat, right? So you want to allow them to get into a good optimal position for birth before they're too chunky to be able to maneuver (laughs) you know it it gets to be there they have as hard a time moving as we do when we're (laughs) fully pregnant where rolling over in bed is the big event it's like here we go (laughs) rolling over now um so babies also just get very comfortable into certain positions so for example um uh, by 30 weeks, most babies are going to be head down. By 34 weeks, we start maybe uh, having discussions with the baby about getting head down. Um, and so, and most of those babies still are going to be head down by 37 weeks. Okay. And if that's not the case, then we have other discussions on, on what we can do. Um, there is a really great website called spinningbabies.com. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all know yes. about this. It's it's um, there's a it's packed full of information. There's a lot of stuff in there. But if you can get into the spinning baby zone and spend some time with it, yeah. you can learn. You just got to maneuver through, but yeah. it's filled with so Fantastic much valuable information. information. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yep. So by 34 weeks, most babes are going to be head down. Some are going to be stubborn. Do you ever see in your practice um, the difference? Because I notice with second-time moms, because their uterus is now not like they say a pear. It's more like a uh, an apple or something. Like it's, you know, been, it's done it it's before. It's been through it. <laughs> um, that they are likely to have more of a chance of flipping later in gestation than they would a first time, which has a, that tighter uterus. You mean flipping to breach or, or to just any kind of or malposition? Back, or back and forth, mm-hmm. like, you know, breach to nine yeah. in the second yeah, baby for, or um, subsequent instead of the first. Yeah, and it's not just the uterus it's changed shape. The whole body changes shape, <laughs> yeah. right? Once right. you squeeze a human being right. into your body, <laughs> yeah. all of the microarchitecture, the, the ligaments, yeah. the muscles, yeah. the, the got pelvis, the memory, everything. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, good point. But so they can flip more easily, but... Um, it also makes me less concerned as a midwife if I see a second-time mom or a third-time mom who has a posterior baby late in pregnancy. Right, it just doesn't right. concern me as much right. because more likely to the body's just going to help that baby pivot around. Right, right. It's done it before in, instead exactly. of the first time, which is more lodged. Yeah. <laughs> but we do see moms who've had a bunch of babies mm-hmm. who um, really don't have the muscle tone anymore. Oh, and sure. And, and those babies can get into all sorts of funky positions. Right, right. 
And how would you determine the baby's position? Is it is it something that you would need an ultrasound for, or can you tell with your hands? A skilled clinician can tell with their hands, but we are sometimes faked out. So uh, ultrasound is can be helpful if your hands aren't giving you the feedback that you need. But it also has to do with how much amniotic fluid is in there. If you're like a tight water balloon, it's going to be hard to feel fetal parts. And in cases like that, ultrasound can be helpful. Now, I will say that um, all midwives have sometimes gotten faked out by frank breech babies feeling like they're head down. Mm, Because of the bottom. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily need an ultrasound to help figure out that position. Uh, If if you're okay with a a vaginal exam at that point, you can feel the head. Oh, okay. And uh, for the panelists, did anyone have any positional challenges with your babies late in pregnancy or in labor? Um, I, I guess I might, I was a spoiled challenge because I did all my exercises, you know, the spinning babies protocol mm-hmm. and I had a nice, um, optimal fetal position, you know, on the left LOA, it was <laughs> super nice. And, uh, I went to a late night movie the night before I went to labor. You never know when you're going to go. Right. Didn't do them. Wasn't doing my exercises. And he ended up OP. <laughs> so I had a little bit of back labor, which I'm actually thankful for. I got to experience it. Um, so I know what it's like. Right. It, he turned pretty fast with some other things, but yeah. that was the the most, yeah. <laughs> which was very, like I said, it, it was a gift if that was the right. most I had to do. <laughs> Michelle, how about you? No, he was always he was head down, compliant, <laughs> very active. But no, he he I think he knew where he needed to be to get nice. going. He read the books. He read the for books. Him. <laughs> Let's hope she does too. Yeah. <laughs> well, number two, it's easier. And it was interesting. Okay. I agree with um, the OP position because both of mine were OP presentation. We didn't realize with my first until I was already pushing for some time. And my second was OP over and over. And I was trying for a VBAC the second time around. But she she told my body what to do when I was laboring and I was hands and knees. And I was just following cues. And so she did turn, thankfully, at the yeah. last minute. Yay, but um, yeah, yeah, it's just funny. They're all different. I'm just assuming the OP is what, sunny side up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> he definitely was not. Yeah. And then, yeah, the expression on your face, as you said, fun. <laughs> well, having had an OP baby myself oh, yeah. and having then attended not. women through OP labors, it's, they're not fun. No, right. there's nothing beautiful about back labor in terms of when it's happening to you. And when pregnancy comes to an end, we hear a lot about baby engaging or dropping. What does that mean? So babies uh, come down into the pelvis before they have to come down to come out, right? Mm-hmm. So the the uterus kind of holds them kind of high in the... The uterus holds them a little high in the belly, but at the end of pregnancy, the pelvis relaxes a little bit, and the baby kind of twists and turns and spelunks a little lower into the pelvis, right? So the head gets engaged into that, that bony bowl okay. of the pelvis. And what that means is that then there's more space up top, so you can maybe take a deeper breath, <laughs> right. you can enjoy a full meal, maybe you get some more heartburn because all of the soft tissue is loosening up and that sphincter can allow the gases to come through, so some women experience more heartburn at that point. And if you thought you were peeing a lot before, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, the, a head on, on your bladder will speak loudly. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm always curious because there's such a, um interesting camp on low amniotic fluid in women and what that means and what those numbers really are and testing in the doctor's office versus the hospital and then 
adding the position and the health of baby and the induction words start to come, do you see or do you have a number or do you see there's ways to build it up or? The number has changed a little bit, especially the top value. We used to think of too much fluid as being around 20 centimeters and that's a a measurement on on the ultrasound. Okay. They're not cubic okay. centimeters or, or yeah. milliliters. Milli- it's it's just a measurement. It's it's how we're able to okay. do a vertical measurement on ultrasound. Uh, so the that number is now twenty five. Okay. So again, these things are there is subjectivity to all of this, yeah. right? Um, low fluid is considered to be less than five centimeters right. of fluid. Um, sometimes if moms hydrate really well. Yeah the baby will pee out more fluid because that's all amniotic fluid is, right. is mm-hmm. baby pee. Recirculating. Yeah. Sometimes if there's a low number, it's because it's all in the kidneys and the baby needs to. They've swallowed it. It's in the kidneys. They need to pee. They pee. There's more fluid. So, it. so it can vary, it can vary. within the week or Absolutely. Within a day. It can vary from day to day. It can vary from hour to hour, oh, really. Wonderful. So, so could moms request another test? Yeah, of course, it all depends on context, right. but in certain contexts, it would not be unreasonable to okay. ask to drink a ton of fluid and then to retest. But okay. that's something that, that it's all nuanced, right? You need yeah. to talk about it with your health care provider because it's not course. always the best idea. No, definitely. I know it's all individual. I just, it's, there's so many different yeah. things around it. I'm always curious. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today, Karen. For more information about Karen Ruby Brown, as well as information about any of our panelists, you can visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Karen will discuss fetal changes in post-maturity, which is when the pregnancy continues beyond the average gestation. To join our club, visit newmommymedia.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hi, Preggy Pals. We have a question for one of our experts. Joanna in Seattle writes, I'm interested in seeing a midwife for my next pregnancy, but I'm so confused by the alphabet soup behind all their names. CNM, CPM, LM, CM. What does that all mean? Hi, this is Susan Melnico. I'm a certified nurse midwife, and I've been practicing for 30 years um, in home, birth center, and hospital. And I wanted to answer your question about the alphabet soup behind the midwife's name. Yes, it is very confusing, but um, CNM stands for Certified Nurse Midwife, CPM stands for Certified Professional Midwife, and LM stands for Licensed Midwife. And the difference in the connotations is the type of training that a midwife has had. Certified Nurse Midwives are also registered nurses who go on for graduate training, uh, usually through a university and then get their master's degree and are termed certified nurse midwife. Certified professional midwives are usually apprenticeships with another home birth midwife, and they usually apprentice for two to three years with a midwife, learning one-on-one with them um, how to handle home births. And licensed midwives are licensed by the state 
that they work in and usually have either gone to a training school or to um, an apprenticeship as well. Certified professional midwives are nationally certified, and licensed midwives are usually licensed by their state. And certified nurse midwives are also nationally um, certified. And each state has its own regulations governing um, how a midwife can practice. So it's important to know what your own state's regulations are. This wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you all listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.